Welcome, everyone, to episode 12 of the Sportkite podcast. I am your host, Nick O'Neill, founder of Sportkite.org, and I wanted to thank you for tuning in and listening. This podcast is a part of the website, Sportkite.org, and it's a growing resource for Sportkite flyers and enthusiasts. It is all volunteer-run and updated. If you're interested in supporting the podcast, go to buymeacoffee.com sportkite. You can also find us on Facebook, and we'd love to hear what you think, whether you agree or disagree with what we're saying, or maybe you want to add something. In this episode, I do a recap of some of the great points, questions, and comments that were shared in the Sport Kite Flyers virtual chat we just had this last week. If you're interested in watching the whole two and a half hour chat, hop on over to sportkite.org and click on the videos tab and find the way to the video called Kite Flyers Chat for April 2021. We're hoping to have a few more of these and make them available for everyone to join. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and on the website to find out when the next one is scheduled. We would love to have you. So let's get started. So this is going to seem a little bit hodgepodge because this sport kite chat just kind of went over everything. We encouraged people to come to the kite flyers chat with their questions about tips, tricks, techniques, refining things. Uh, if they had questions about design or other stuff. And the idea was that we could maybe help some of the up and coming flyers uh, either learn something new or some of the more experienced flyers maybe refine a technique. Or, you know, just in this day and age, it's not the easiest to get together with our fellow sport kite flyers. So this provided an opportunity like you might find at a kite festival and just hang out with fellow enthusiasts and share our knowledge and our passion. Uh, so, yeah, kind of in the beginning, we got started with a really good discussion about landing and specifically when it comes to pairs and teams flying. So you're trying to get two or more people to land the same way at the same time. And so there's a lot of timing issues that's involved with this. And that comment was mainly kind of centered around how do you perfect that when the wind starts going up or, you know, does high wind affect how fast you have to move and, and stuff like that. So typically all tricks and landings become more difficult with the higher the wind. So in some sense, the movements need to be bigger or faster. And in the case of landings, like a two-point landing, um, that landing is typically, it's executed by dumping all of the wind out of the sail. Um, and the best way to make that happen in higher winds is to run forward fast enough that you essentially dump all the wind out of the sail while making the necessary hand movements. And there's ways to work this into the routine and make it a bit easier uh, so that you're not just going from fully loaded to sprinting forward really fast. Uh, and one of those would be working it into your choreography is to start walking forward as the kite is coming down towards the ground. So you're actually slowing things down a lot. And then when the kite is close to the ground, that's when you execute the landing and you, you make those large forward steps to dump the wind out of the sails. And this topic of walking forward is kind of a common theme. So if you haven't already listened to the last episode, then go back and memorize that motto that Paul was saying 
and that's always be walking, ABW. Uh, ABW is super, super important with sport kite flying. So kind of taking a step back or a step forward, when, so now we've got kind of the movement of our legs is in tune with the wind speed and with what we're doing. The next little nuances come with our hands and you have your super gross motor movements are down in your legs, your moderately gross motor movements are in your shoulder and elbows and your refined movements are in your wrists and even your fingertips. So that's where you can really add the nuances and the flair and all of that is in your upper body. And that's something to think about that still happens with sport kite flying. So you'll hear some of the experts or the longtime flyers talk about giving a pop or a tug or a, a pulse or a jab or all this. And those, those are all movements that come from the hand. Those are hand and wrist action. That's nuance action. Whereas the step forward or moving forward or moving backward, those are leg uh, actions. And uh, the second part of this landing conversation kind of got centered around something uh, that is just a general teaching idea. And it's uh, the analogy was really great from Devin. And that's when you are uh, playing darts, do you look at the dart that you're throwing or do you look at the bullseye? And again, super big thank you to Devin Coblay Morrison. You've probably heard him on here before uh, for this analogy. But typically when we are throwing darts, we watch the bullseye. So that's something to think about when you are attempting to execute that two-point landing is look where you're going and where the kite is going to land, not the kite itself. So watch the landing zone. You know the kite is coming down and focus on where you're going and bam, then nail it. That might help you accomplish kind of the finesse that you need with landings without crash landing. So uh, after that, the conversation kind of uh, took a jump over to defining exactly what we mean by the term slack line. Uh, slack line is, is uh, an action or an approach when it comes to most trick flying. And this goes for not only the upper level tricks, but this also goes for just basic flying and, and maneuvers and line management. And it at the heart of it is that it's about managing the line. It's giving pressure and relieving pressure. And it's about maintaining contact with the kite and maintaining control of the kite. So it's something to think about that if you're going to, uh, say, move up from just getting out there with a sport kite and putting a tail on it and doing some nice little circles in the sky and you want to start flying uh, slack line tricks and really getting into the three-dimensional style of flying, you'll hear a lot of these references to slack line and it doesn't necessarily just mean throwing a hand out there and punching a hand out there and giving a ton of slack on one line. It's more about relieving the pressure a little bit on that line. You may see slack in the line itself, but the bridle is usually making contact in some way or another. And the bridle is somewhat pressurized or it's like prepared 
and preloaded. Uh, so it's not these hard, really fast jabs. It, it, in a way, it's almost hard to explain on a podcast. It's We got into it on the video chat and we gave some descriptions, which I highly suggest you go and you, you watch those sections where Devin is talking about uh, the kite and the slack line and giving it pop and all of these words and this jargon that we use when we're talking about sport kite flying. So after that, we kind of talked a little bit more about the sweeps and these big fancy arm movements and all this showboaty stuff. And while it may be interesting for like a bystander to watch or if you're adding it as a flourish, uh, it is worth knowing that it does absolutely nothing for your kite flying. That's not to say it doesn't have a purpose, it's more kind of a note for yourself to understand when you're out flying and something's not working is to to look down and see what your hands are doing. Are you doing these big wide sweeping movements and throwing your hands to the side and expecting to see change? Or are you moving your hands forward and backward in front of you? That's where you're going to see change. It's the different ultimately all of this is comes down to the difference in length between the two lines, your left and your right. It has nothing to do with going horizontal. It's it's all kind of right in front of you, uh, forward and backward. So there is something to always look back on no matter what skill level you're at. And uh, one of the last things I kind of wanted to touch on was we talked a little bit about kind of flying with intent and that includes practice. So when you're going out and you're trying tricks and you're trying to refine stuff and you're finding yourself really stuck with say a trick or a skill or something of that sort or even you just want to go out and fly and you just kind of don't know what to do is here's a really good way to fly with intent and to kind of refine your skills and that's to play a game with yourself and see how much you can get away with in we'll we'll take a a half axle trick as an example or a two-point landing as an example see how much you can get away with doing the least amount of input so the least amount of movement find where that nice little tipping point is that you can ramp up your movements and see the action and then take it way overboard and what's the most amount of movement you can do and still execute the trick and see kind of where that range is and you'll find a nice comfortable spot in there that works for your style that also works for the wind and that is the critical thing is that as conditions change you may need to change the amount of input you're giving. You may have to amp it up a little or you may have to dial it back a little. So if you play this game with yourself, it teaches you not just muscle memory, but adaptive muscle memory. And that's really critical when it comes to being in a sport such as sport kite flying where all of the conditions are continuously changing. We, we are not lucky enough to go out every single time and have the same court and the same ball 
and the same weather and all this other stuff. We are perpetually playing in a different space every time we go out. So teaching yourself to have this adaptive muscle memory will make your sport kite flying more enjoyable and uh, it will make your your learning progression uh, better, faster and all that other good stuff. So yeah, I uh, just kind of wanted to give a rundown of that sport kite chat just to kind of give you an idea and maybe a teaser for you to come and join us on one of the next ones. We're hoping to have another one here in maybe a month or so and we'll kind of get into the nitty gritty of uh, tips, tricks, techniques and all that other stuff. And again, we'll be publishing that on sportkite.org. So make sure you're checking the website. If you're on Facebook, make sure to follow, like and follow uh, sportkite.org because we'll post the information there. Um, and then of course we put the record, we're gonna put the recordings up on sportkite.org on our video tab. So you can go back and watch these videos and kind of learn from everybody uh, as we go forward. So yeah. I just wanted to thank you for listening to this episode of the Sport Kite Podcast, and we hope to be bringing you something new every week. So if you have any questions, which we've got a few of them for the next time I have the crew together, so I'm really looking forward to seeing what the crew says uh, about all of those questions. Thank you, everyone that sent one in. Um, but yeah, if you do have a question, go ahead and send us an email at info at sportkite.org, and we'd love to hear from you. And by the way, if you like what you've heard here and you'd like to see it continue, consider becoming a supporter. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash sportkite. So uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Until next time. Bye.